Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. We can all stand in honor of the man of God. Uh, We want Brother Mark Pulliam to come, an evangelist. He has... uh, been a tremendous, tremendous man of God, preaching the word, evangelizing, and I have known him for several years, and uh, I've always appreciated his good spirit, and uh, I appreciate his sensitivity to the Lord. I'm just glad we're here today where we can hear him preach. (laughs) Last time he was here, we were not here, but uh, we want him to come to this pulpit and preach what the Lord has laid upon his heart. God bless you, Brother Pulliam. Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. Beautiful presence of the Lord here this morning. Isn't God wonderful? Amen. The Bible says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies, my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, shall set me up upon a rock round about me. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer this tabernacle sacrifice of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises to the Lord. Can we do that right now? Hallelujah, Lord, we love you. We praise you, Lord. We magnify you and glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. Got a few few verses to read. I'm just going to cut through some of the preliminaries and say thankful to see many friends and family members here. Thank you, brother and sister Burke, for allowing me to come. Amen. Now, I'm going to try to preach something that will help you today. Hopefully. Now we've got to have faith. We've got to believe the Word because the Word doesn't profit anything if it's not mixed with faith in the hearers. And I like what your pastor was saying. Faith is what moves God. This is bonus material here. But faith is what moves God. Need doesn't move God. If it did, we wouldn't have any. It's plain and simple, isn't it? Faith or need moves us to God, but faith moves God, moves God to us. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. We've got to have faith. We've got to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Only two times in the Bible did Jesus marvel, and both times it was related to faith. He marveled at their unbelief, and He marveled and said, Never have I seen so great faith. Amen. We've got to have faith in His Word. You don't have to feel anything, but you've got to have faith. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 37. Thank you, Brother and Sister Burke, for allowing me to come. Uh, we'll start at verse number 1. Got a few verses to read here. Familiar story to many of you, I'm sure. The Bible says that the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, 
there were very many in an open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered and said, O Lord God, thou knowest. And he said unto me, Prophesy unto us. He's got to do something here. He's got to do his part. Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them above. But there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Notice verse 11. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Behold, they say, Our bones are dried, our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Two more verses in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 and 37. Jesus said, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Very important verse number 37 said, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. And in Proverbs 18, 21, you don't have to turn there. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. I want to try to preach for a little bit on this subject. Prophesying your destiny. Prophesying your destiny. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. We're so thankful for your word, Lord. For we're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. I pray, Lord, that the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord rest upon me in this congregation. Make me of quick understanding in the presence of the people, Lord. Help us to rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. Let us be recipients of the word and obey tonight that we might be free. Give us power. Give us anointing. Give us direction. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord as you're seated. Amen. Praise God. How many of you love the word of the Lord? Amen. It's the most powerful thing in this earth and out of this earth. He upholds all things by the word of his power. Amen. Amen. Now, Ezekiel, God took him out and took him over a a valley of, of bones. And he asked Ezekiel, he said, can these bones live again? Ezekiel answered probably like a lot of us would do, kind of scratched our heads and said, oh, Lord, you know. You know the answer. Sometimes when God asks us questions, we're kind of scared to answer. We don't know sometimes exactly where he's going with things. Amen. And that's the way Ezekiel was. And Ezekiel said, Lord, you know, thou knowest. And then God says to him, he said, prophesy to the bones. You see, before anything can be resurrected in your life, before any 
situation that seems to be dead could be revived, we've got a part to do. We've got to speak the word of the Lord. He said, prophesy to these bones. As he began to prophesy, the Bible said there was a a noise and a a shaking. And I'm just going to say from the outset this morning, amen, if there's a noise while I'm preaching, that's okay. Amen. If you want to shake, if you want to uh, say amen or praise the Lord or clap your hands, amen, that's okay. It's okay to have a noise when the Word of God goes forth. And as he began to preach and to prophesy, there came a noise and the bones started coming together. And the Bible says sinew upon sinew and flesh covered the bones. And the Bible said there was a body formed, but there was no life in the body. And I think this is where the church worldwide has been in times past, I believe we're coming out of it, and I'm thankful for that. Amen. But there's a body of form, but there's not quite the breath of life or the, the power of the Holy Ghost that we need. Paul said there would come a day when we'd have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Amen. We've been through that. We've seen it. And I believe we're starting to come out of it. A lot of you was talking about North American Youth Congress. I was so glad to see what we saw there. I was so glad to see miracles and signs and wonders. I was glad to see people receiving the Holy Ghost. I was glad to see lively worship and people excited and enthusiastic about the things of God. You know, we'll get excited about a lot of things, but it's good to see people getting excited, young people getting excited about God and about the things of God. Amen. So the body was formed. God spoke to him again and said, prophesy to the wind. And you know, there's sometimes, and some of the preachers probably can relate to this in the building, there's sometimes you just got to preach the word whether people seem like they're receiving it or not. Sometimes I'll, I'll tell the church, I'm not even preaching to you. I'm preaching to the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness of this world. I'm speaking to the heavenly host. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Sometimes you just got to preach regardless of whether people seem like they're receiving it or not. Amen. And he said, prophesy to the wind. And as he began to prophesy, God, who spoke the breath of life into Adam in the garden, began to breathe on these dead bones. And the Bible said they stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. Amen. The word prophesy here, I looked it up, and I don't do much Hebrew and Greek. I have a hard enough time understanding English. I like what Smith Wigglesworth says, that some people read the Bible in Greek, and some people read it in in, uh, Hebrew. He said, I like to read my Bible in the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's how I like to read mine. Praise God. I understand Holy Ghost. I'm not real good at Hebrew, I'm not real good at Greek, or not even too good at English half the time. Amen, but I'm glad that I know Him. Amen, I don't have a Ph.D. or a B.D. or M.D., but I know G.O.D. and I love His W.O.R.D. Amen. Amen, so He said, prophesy to these winds. And I looked up the word prophesy, and it means to bubble up, to pour forth words abundantly. And sometimes I do that too much. I... Everybody slow down, slow down. Sometimes I get a little excited. So I'll try to slow down. You try to speed up and we'll meet in the middle. How's that sound? Amen. But it means to pour forth words abundantly, to rave. It even means to play the part of a madman. Think about that. Amen. So what's he preaching about? That guy's crazy. 
They're crazy. They're crazy. 40,000 people jumping up and down and worshiping God. What's wrong with this? Sometimes you got to play the part of the madman. Now, I don't like to play the part of the madman. I don't like to be a fool, but if I'm going to be a fool, I'll be a fool for Christ's sake. Amen. And if I prophesy and I'll play the part of the madman, if it's what it takes to get you healed, if that's what it takes to get you delivered, if that's what it takes you to repent, if that's what it takes to get you to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if that's what it takes to get you delivered from drugs or alcohol or fear or torment or depression, I'll gladly play the part of the madman. So I'm going to prophesy this morning. Hallelujah. I'm going to prophesy the Word of God. Amen. Somebody has got to do it. He will not raise the bones up until Son of Man prophesies. Amen. So I'm going to prophesy the Word of the Lord today. Now, I try to preach, if I preach in a few churches or a church for any length of time, I, I try to preach this message to every new church that I go to because it's so important that we learn the power that is in our tongues. It's something we take lightly. His Word is truth. It's forever settled in heaven. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but His Word will abide forever. His Word is more sure than this pulpit. His Word is more sure than the pews that you're sitting on. His Word is more sure than this chair. All this stuff's going to pass away, but His Word will abide forever. His Word is truth. Whether you believe it or whether I believe it, His Word is truth. What if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Let God be true, but every man a liar. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, but it's pertinent on us that we believe His Word, because His Word is truth. They had the old saying, Jesus said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And that's nice and pretty and sweet, but it really should say, Jesus said it, that settles it, and I believe it. Because it doesn't matter if you believe it or I believe it. His Word is truth. Thy Word, O Lord, is truth. Amen. So we've got to believe His Word if we want to receive His promises. There's so much power in our words. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You ever hear the expression, you're going to eat your words? You're going to eat your words one way or another. Whether you're speaking life unto life or death unto death. Whether you're speaking in blessing or cursing, you're going to eat your word. Amen. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They love it. will eat the fruit thereof. You're going to eat your words one day. So I urge you to speak positive words. I urge you to speak that thing which is right. I urge you to speak the promises of God and not the lies of the devil or of the flesh. Amen. Agree with His Word. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And then Jesus took it a little further and said, Amen, that with your words you're going to be justified or with your words you're going to be condemned. Think about that. Think about that power that is in our words that we're going to be judged for every idle word. We're going to be justified or condemned by our words. We've got to speak the thing which is right and pleasing to Lord. To the Lord, I read it to you in Ezekiel. Why were they in the shape they were in? Why were their bones all dried up? Why were they tore apart and beat up? The Bible said in verse 11, Behold, they say our hope is lost and we're cut off for our parts. Be it unto you according to your faith. 
They were in that position because they believed they were going to be in that position. What are you believing for yourself? What are you believing for your life? What are you believing for your children and your children's children? You've got to learn to speak that thing which is right because you're going to be justified or condemned with your words. Hey man, I heard a testimony recently that kind of changed the way I think and it really shook me up and has got me thinking about things differently. There was a man who was a pastor and he had a son who was a pastor. And his son began to go through some hard times and some difficult times. And before it was all said and done, he had quit pastoring. And he and his wife had got divorced. And he'd left the church and left the ministry. And he was just really struggling down and out. And the father of this man, who was also a pastor, said, One day, as I was praying, he said, God spoke to me and said, I want you to repent for your son. So he said, Okay, I can, I can do that. I can do that. So he started asking forgiveness for his son. And he started saying, Lord, forgive him for his shortcomings as a husband, as, as a father, and as a minister, as a preacher. Forgive him for all these things, Lord. Forgive him. And he said he prayed five or ten minutes and, and, and you know, repented for his son just like God had told him to. And that's, that's biblical. Amen. We can repent for our country. We can repent for our children. A great men of the Bible always did it. Bible says, uh, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Moses repented for Israel all the time. Daniel repented for his people. Amen. People are always repenting. That's what intercessors do. Intercessors carry those who can't carry themselves to the throne room. Amen. Until they can carry themselves. That's what intercessory is. Amen. We've got to learn to be intercessors. Amen. And that's what this man did. He began to repent for his son. And after he got through repenting and God kind of, uh, got a little more personal. He said, now I want you to repent for what you said about your son. And he thought about it. He said, I kind of shook me up. He said, I really didn't think I said anything bad or negative about my son. He said, but then I started thinking, well, there were some things I told my wife. You know, we just talk and so on and so forth in the privacy of your own house. But he said, God said this. He said, because Satan is taking your words... And accusing your son before me. Brother Burke, he said, even his own dad says this about him. Think about it. You see, Satan knows the word. That's why he tried to use it on Jesus. Of course, it didn't work because the living word quoted the written word and he had to flee. But Satan knows the word. And he knows that all he needs is two or three witnesses. Now the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be established. And he would take the words that he or his mother would say and carry them before God. All he really needs is one at the minimum, two. He's going to accuse him himself. Now he's got one more. That's two witnesses right there. And say, Lord, even his own parents say there's no hope for him. Even they say he's messed up. He's hopeless. He's helpless. He really messed up beyond the point of return. Just things people might say. I just don't know. I don't know if they'll ever come back. But with your words, you'll be justified. And with your words, you'll be condemned. Now listen to this. Have you ever heard the expression a little birdie told me? Here's where it comes from. Ecclesiastes 10 and 20. The Bible says, Curse not the king, no, not in thy thoughts. Amen. And curse not the rich in thy bedchamber. For that which hath wings shall carry the void... Excuse me, a bird of the air shall carry the voice, 
and that with its wings shall tell the matter. So it's a curse not a king, not in your thoughts. Curse not the rich in your bedchamber, because a bird of the air, a little birdie told me, shall carry the matter. Amen. And it sounds so cute and so innocent. But when you get to Revelation 18 and 2, the Bible says, Babylon the great has fallen and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. You've got to be careful what you say because the devil's trying to tempt us to speak negatively against our brothers or against our sisters or against our family. Amen. We've got to be very, very careful of the words we speak because death and life are in the power of the tongue. With your words you'll be justified or with your words you'll be condemned. Amen. So demon spirits carry those words that we speak, those negative things we say about our brother or our sister. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been around somebody and you just feel like they're talking about you but you don't have no proof what is it the accuser the brethren whispering to you things they said you just know it and you might be right I always try to give the benefit of the doubt and you need to do that too amen but we've got to be careful the words we speak because the devil will tempt us to speak Amen. Negatively. Amen. We've got to be careful what we speak about our friends, about our loved ones, about our pastor, about our church. Amen. About the things of God. We really need to be careful about speaking evil of dignitaries. Amen. The Bible said, you know, uh, uh, angels won't even do that. Michael didn't even talk against Lucifer, against Satan. He just said, the Lord rebuked thee. He said, but us being natural brute beasts, we're not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. We've got to be careful. We've got to guard our words and our mouth. Amen. I remember you heard the expression, be careful, be careful, a little tongue what you speak. Amen. I remember that was a little boy. We've got to be careful what we speak. We've got to be careful what we say. Amen. Because death and life are truly in the power of the tongue. The more I study the Word, the more I seek God, the more I, time I spend with Him, I realize that we can prophesy our destiny. Amen. We, 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 he spoke the world into existence by His Word. And we speak our own little worlds into existence by our words. Amen. That's why positive people get positive things. That's why negative people get negative things. Amen. You want to do something, uh, you want to throw somebody off, just be positive. Just smile. I was in a, I was in a, a uh, farm fresh yeah, they get some great farm fresh chocolate milk oh it's good stuff good stuff <laughs> and the lady was sitting there she t- they had a little raffle thing they was handing out and so the lady was sitting there working with me and she goes she goes we got a raffle ticket you can win such and such and she goes if you want to fill one out she goes you got a good chance to win i said no i said with my luck i'd probably just win it completely threw her off her game she, didn't know it. she had the rest of her speech. She couldn't even give it because she was throw, so thrown off. You want to confuse somebody, be positive. You know, we're always talking about if I didn't have any you know, bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. Man, you better be careful. You better be careful what you say. Hey, man, I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. I'm persuaded neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Hey, man, I'm more than a conqueror through Him that loved me. Hey, I can't be down. I'm going up. Praise God. Hallelujah. We've got to learn to speak that thing, which is right. We learn, we accept or reject His promises by the words that we speak. 
We accept or reject His promises by the words we speak. We've got to learn to speak what the Word says. Not what you're feeling. Not what your feelings dictate, but what the Word of God says. We've got to agree with His Word. Amen. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask in faith. Amen. Nothing waver, for he that waver is like a wave of the sea, driven of the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We've got to be careful what we see and what we speak. Amen. Years ago, years ago, I was in church and I was leading a service. Kind of like Brother, Brother Timothy Burke was today. And we had a prayer line that day. One of the ministers in the church, wife was going through horrible anxiety attacks. Couldn't sleep, couldn't eat. Just wrestling, wrestling, wrestling with the anxiety. First time in my life this ever happened at this point. Very first time it happened. I said, anybody who wants prayer, come up. As soon as the people started up, something I felt something leave me. Something went out of me. And I knew something had happened. You see, my wife and I had fought with a horrible spirit of fear when we first got in church. The very first night, the very first night, we went to church on a Sunday night as a married couple. Uh, a demon, a spirit of fear attacked us. For about 30 days, my wife fell asleep on my arm. I was awake. I felt something come on me. It woke her up. And I said, what's wrong? Because I didn't want to be guilty of leading her. I said, what's wrong? She said, I just feel uh, fear. Can you hold me? I feel scared. For 30 days, we, about 30 days, we fought this awful spirit of fear. One day I was going to work. I worked midnights and she was at home at night by herself. And she told me, she said, when you leave, I go upstairs and I cover my head and I pray. I tried to pray, but it... The fear just gets stronger, and I wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. I said, okay. I said, tonight, this is what you're going to do. I said, when you go up to pray, and it comes on you, I said, you keep on praying. And it's just weird. If you ever fought with the spirit of fear, you know what I'm talking about. I'm driving to work at night, looking in my back seat, checking back seat. Somebody's there. Something's following me. I open the you know, shower curtain. Somebody's there. There's just constant fear, torment. Fear hath torment. And my wife began to cry and tell me about it. I, I didn't know. We just didn't talk about it for some reason. But she was fighting with it at night. And I know a lot of times when you're home at night in the darkness, it's worse. Amen. And I told her, I said, tonight when you pray, you just keep praying. And when it comes on you stronger, just keep praying. And when it comes on you stronger, just keep praying. And keep praying. And keep praying. And keep praying. Sometimes you just got to keep praying. Amen. And I got home the next morning and I said, how did it go? Amen. And she smiled with that newlywed smile, newlywed smile and said, I was hoping you'd ask. I said, what happened? She said, I went upstairs and started praying. And the spirit of fear came on me, Brother Ayers, and I covered my face. And I, I started to give up, but I remembered what you said. Just keep on praying and keep on praying and keep on praying. She said, all of a sudden, I just kept praying and praying and praying. She said, all of a sudden, a bright light began to shine through the front window. She said, at first I thought it was headlights because that's where the people parked, even though it was 11 o'clock at night. She said, but then it started shining in through the side window, which is just yard. She said, it filled all the living room and all the loft bedroom. She said, I never felt such a peace in my life. Why? Because perfect love casteth out fear. Amen. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down and thy sleep shall be sweet when you know who the Prince of Peace is. Amen. And because we fought with this spirit of fear, when this sister came up, I felt that leave, that same virtue that delivered us, delivered her. And the, 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 the minister's, uh, the minister, her husband told us the next day, 
I asked how everything was going, and he said, we went out to eat last night. She hadn't eaten for about two weeks. So we went out to eat last night, and she ate two Big Macs and slept eight hours and didn't wake up one time. And then it was a couple weeks later, Sister Burke, we were all standing in the Sunday school room on a Saturday night, I believe it was, just doing some things, getting things ready. And this dear sister who just got delivered from these anxieties, we were just kind of talking around, playing, having fun, you know how you do. And she said this. She said, don't say that. You're going to throw me under attack again. And as soon as she said that, something Brother Burke just cringed inside of me. No, 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 you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said that. And guess what? She went into it again and had to get medicated for it. Why? Because with your words, you'll be justified. And with your words, you'll be condemned. You see, the tempter will tempt us to say things. He'll tempt us to say negative things. Because he knows he just needs one more witness. And he's got you. Think about it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We've got to learn to speak His Word. Speak His Word. Amen. We've got unlimited promises, unlimited privileges in His Word. But we've got to speak what it says. Amen. Amen. I learned years ago when I was taking real estate classes. This was long before President Trump was President Trump. He was just lowly down billionaire Trump at the time. and uh, They taught us something in real estate classes that I, I never knew. I didn't know much of anything. I grew up, my mom pretty much raised us three boys by herself. We grew up in an apartment. I sure didn't know a whole lot about real estate. But they said something that was kind of interesting. Uh, they taught us that when you buy a property, that you own the air above it, the air rights, and the mineral rights below it. And there's a term in uh, Greek, the, the abbreviated term is ad kolim, which means this exact definition of it, interpretation. Whoever owns the soil, it is theirs all the way to heaven and all the way to hell. That's the exact definition of it. So whoever owns the soil possesses that from all the way to heaven all the way down to the pit. Think about that. We've been bought with the price. We were made from the dust of the earth. We've been bought for a price. He purchased at Calvary everything for us. And the good thing is, not only does He own the soil, Amen. He owns everything beneath it and everything below it. Now, President Trump, the way he got so branded and rich in New York, what he would do is, he would go to all the buildings around him. In Manhattan's an island. You can't build out. You can only build up. He would buy all the people's air rights around him. Like, for instance, somebody come to you and offer you a million dollars for the air rights. If you're not planning on building up any higher than you are now, it's a pretty good deal. And I always tell every church I go to, if anybody wants to give me a million dollars for the air rights of my house, you got a deal. Yeah. <laughs> and since I like the Burks and we're all friends and same section, I'll give you this 50% off. $500,000, you can have the air rights to my house today. Come see me after church. But what he would do is he would buy the air rights. And they're like, we're not going to use them. This is easy money. And then those guys around him couldn't build any higher. And guess what he does? Builds up, 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 up. And every time you go into New York, see Trump 
Tower, Trump Plaza, whatever, all those Trump buildings. But that's how he did it. That's how he branded himself. Because he purchased their air rights. Think about it. It was kind of slick. Evil genius, if you please. It was, it was pretty smart. It's like Jacob did. Esau cheated cheated him out of their birthrights. But he owns us. And he purchased us. And he owns us all the way down. And, and it, you know... It, David was such an advance. That's why David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Amen. Paul said he's caused us to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Why? Because he owns everything. He owns us. That's why he told Abraham, wherever the foot of your sole of your foot treads, it's yours because I own you and I own every place. That's why David said, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there also. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and light, they're both alike unto thee. That's why David said, Wherever I go, whether it's up or down, in or out, you're with me. You're with me. You're with me. Amen. I'm so glad that He owns us. I'm so glad that He possesses us. You know, our problem is, too many times, Ephesians 2, 2 calls Satan the prince and the power of the air. We let him fly around our head too much with too many ideas and too much negative talk and, and too much fear and too much doubt. Praise God. Hey, we've got air rights. That's our airspace. You can't fly up there. This is a no-flying zone. I'm going to blast you out of the sky in Jesus' name. Come down. I cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against Him because He owns me. I am His and He is mine. Oh, what fellowship divine. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. He's given us air rights. Hallelujah. We've got to learn to speak the Word of the Lord. Speak to your mountain. Prophesy your promise. Prophesy your destiny. Hallelujah. Amen. I am victorious. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm not defeated. Rejoice not against me. My enemy will fall. Amen. I'm going to rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Amen. Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus said, Amen. And if you speak to the mountain and doubt not in your heart, but believe that those things which He saith... But believe that those things which He saith shall come to pass. Amen. He shall have whatsoever He saith. He saith. One of my favorite preachers years ago used to always have, have this old expression. You know, we got catchphrases. And can I get a witness? Different things like His was, you're talking it on yourself, honey. <laughs> Too many times we talk things on ourselves that we don't want on us. Amen. We've got to learn to speak that which is right. Amen. You know what we do so many times? We sabotage our own prayers. We sabotage them with the words that we speak. We'll come to church and pray for a financial blessing one time. And then all day long we'll talk about how I'm busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted, I'm broken, this ain't no joke, and just talk about how bad things are. You pray about it once and talk 75 times how you can't get out of this mess. Emojis. Why? Why are we in this shape we're in? We'll go and pray for somebody 
who's sick in the hospital. Come on. Brother Burke, how are they doing? Or you ask me, so I'll be the bad guy. Brother Plum, how are they doing? Man, I don't know, Brother Burke. They got one foot in the grave and the other one on a banana peel. Didn't you just pray for him? If you got that kind of faith, don't pray for me. I'll just take my chances. But we sabotage our own prayers because we speak right with God, but all day long. Right before he's about to give us the blessing, Satan tempts us to say something we shouldn't say and agree with him or agree with our flesh. Amen. And guess what? We just robbed ourselves. Amen. We've got to learn to speak and say the things that the Word of God say. Amen. Because his Word is truth. Feelings will lie to you. Just because you have a toothache today doesn't mean you don't have the Holy Ghost. You may not feel like you got the Holy Ghost. Amen. But you can't go by the flesh. Amen. The Bible says we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal. That two things are going to go. But the things that are not seen are eternal. His Word will abide forever. We've got to have faith in His Word. And true faith doesn't consider your circumstances. That's what's so great about Abraham. The Bible said in being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. He didn't even consider. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, amen, and giving God the glory, being fully persuaded that he was able to do what he said he would do. He was able to perform that which he had promised. He was fully persuaded. He didn't consider his body. It didn't factor into it. You see, faith doesn't factor. Faith believes. It doesn't take the, 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 the degree of difficulty of the problem, subtract it from the uh, situation and all these other variables into it and whether or, not God, whether or not God could do it. Faith simply believes. It doesn't consider the body or the circumstance or the situation. Amen. And we've got to believe and speak His Word if we want to obtain His promises. Amen. Our words shape our destiny. How many of you ever heard the old expression? You don't hear it much now because man's word don't mean a whole lot like it used to in the old days. But a man's word is his bond. Amen. I looked that up a while back just to see exactly what that meant. That word bond means a vow, a guarantee, or assurance. A man's word is his guarantee. So what are you saying? A man's word is assurance. I assure you, you're going to get what you say. What are you talking are you talking faith? Are you talking truth? Are you talking negative? I know some folks that are so negative, you walk into the room and the light just dims. I don't like that. I like to be around positive people. I like to be around faith. I like to be around truth. Amen. You may have heard my pastor, Brother Smith, tell this story, but I, I think about this story frequently. He told a story years ago. He was holding a, a revival and uh, there was a man going to the hospital by ambulance and the man said I don't want to go to the hospital we're having revival I want to go to church and they argued with him finally they got him to sign a release waiver and he came to church and God healed the man and he said that so many miracles happened during that revival but there was a lady who was crippled up with rheumatoid arthritis just crippled up horribly and she got prayed for and didn't get healed so for the next few weeks every night of testimony service this dear woman would stand up and say I want to thank God for healing me and she's crippled up. I want to thank God for healing me. And visitors are thinking, she don't look like she's healed. I would have hated to see her before, you know, how we do. And so finally the pastor did like so many of my pastor friends had to do, stop having testimony service. And so for a couple of weeks they went on, no testimony service. He said one night, as they were 
getting ready to choir, get ready to sing, and the microphone started acting up, mic check wasn't working, and so on and so forth. Gave her just enough time to jump up and say, I want to thank God for healing me. He said when she said that, a lady in the back jumped up and said, I believe. And right there, boom, 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 right in front of everybody. God miraculously healed this sister. Why? Because she spoke that which was right. She talked it on herself, honey. She believed. She wasn't looking at the circumstances. She wasn't looking at what everybody else was looking at. She was looking at something. Like, like the Bible said, Moses, he, he, he endured as seeing him who was invisible. Not everybody else was looking at the invisible, but he was, and she was, and because she was, her, 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 her invisible, her problem, her situation became a reality because she believed and testified to the same. Amen. 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 Praise God. We've got to learn to speak and to decree things in our life. Listen to these scriptures from Job. Verses, Job chapter 22, verses 28 and 29. The Bible says, Thou shalt decree a thing. Now again, I'm not the brightest light in the harbor, and sometimes I look up crazy words. You know what word I looked up out of this scripture? Thing. Thou shalt decree a thing. But it was interesting. I was glad I did. I'm glad I'm not too smart, because when I looked up thing, it said an utterance, a word, a promise, a plan, or a purpose. So you can decree a word. Book of Ages. I love that page. You can decree a plan. I plan to get out of this mess. I plan to get healed. I plan to get delivered. I plan to get my kids out of this situation. I plan to see my family saved. Amen. You can decree a promise. Amen. Anything you ask in my name, believe me. You'll receive it. I decree it. I decree it. I decree it. Hallelujah. It says you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee. Notice this, verse 29. When thou art cast down, then shalt thou say, there is a lifting up. Let the weak say I'm strong. See, we talk about it. Man, I'm, I'm so beat up. I'm so low. I could sit on a dollar bill and dangle my feet. You know, I'm just, I'm just low. I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. But that's not how you're supposed to do it. It said when you're down, say, there shall be a lifting up. Praise God. And the Bible said he will save the humble person we've got to learn to speak the right things we've got to learn to speak the right things amen i was reading in proverbs the other day and this verse jumped out at me you know how sometimes they just jump out at you no matter how many times you read them sometimes they just smack you across the face and this one jumped out at me it said God speaks, it says, My reins shall rejoice when thy lips speak right things. My reins shall rejoice when thy lips speak right. I used to have a pit bull. He was a, he was a good dog. He didn't like nobody else but the family. I called him an Italian pit bull because he just liked the family. He didn't like nobody else. He was the best watchdog you ever want in your life. But he was, when I walked him, he would wear that leash out. I mean, it's constant pressure. The only way I get him is walk him about a mile or so in the summertime and he finally get relaxed. And when he did, that leash could relax and rejoice. But when there's constant tension on it, couldn't rejoice. I used to, I used to work with a guy. You know, some people buy clothes too small for him or whatever. He had, we worked, we used to have those polo 
type shirts, which are t-shirts, kind of stretchy. And he needed to be an extra large and he used to get a medium. Which is okay. I know so you kind of stretch him out. You know how you do and shove him in and put the belt on real tight. But we got the, they switched to the thicker, unbreathable uniforms. They have buttons on them. And he tried getting a medium. And he was still wearing the old shirts. I said, well, how come, what happened to your shirt, Ed? And he's like, oh, I had to get some bigger ones. They were too small. I was like, yeah, I think you're right. And then he got, he got a large shirt. Again, he needed an extra large. But he was able to get those buttons. But I was like, man, if one of those things ever pop, you guys better be ducking. Because he had the velocity of a 357 coming off, off of there. But I can just imagine those threads and those buttons were rejoicing whenever he would relax. Amen. And, uh, man, Caesar, he would just, uh, pull on that thing, pull on it. And, and, and God said, my reins, I'm trying to guide you here, folks. I'm trying to steer you in the right direction. And he said, my reins shall rejoice when thy lips speak right things. See, one reason God's got to pull on us so hard is because we're speaking things we ought not to be speaking. We're speaking what the world says. We're speaking what the news says. We're speaking what the doctor says. Amen. We're speaking what the psychologist says. Amen. We've got to learn to speak right things. And he says, when you do that, my reins will relax. They'll, they'll rejoice. I won't have to tug on you and pull you. You see, the Bible says that word is a lamp unto my feet, light unto my path. If we speak the words that he speaks... The path will be clear before us. We'll be on the straight and narrow. Amen. And we won't have to constantly have Him pulling and tugging on us. So we've got to learn to speak that thing which is right. I know people go through hard times. I know life's not always easy. I know that. I know that. I'm, I'm, I'm living here with you. And I've got to work. I was talking to somebody last night, talking about somebody. I wasn't really saying anything bad, but I was like, I gotta stop talking. That ain't doing no good. What good's that doing? Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Amen, because I don't want to be giving the devil no ammunition to use against my brother or my sister. Amen. Amen, we all go through hard times, but let me tell you something. The, the, the storm's not to kill you. The storm's not to destroy you. Amen, I was praying, this is probably about two or three years ago. I was praying at the church, and I know Sister Darlene knows my mom. She used to work with her, and hopefully she don't think different than what I'm about to say. My mom's a sweet woman. <laughs> but she's, she doesn't have a lot because she's always giving. Giving, 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 giving. Still trying to cook for me. I'm, well, I don't want to say how old I am. Who almost pulled that one back? You want to come by and get something to eat? You and the kids want to come by? You know, just you know how moms are. She's a sweetheart, but she doesn't have much because she's always giving. And one day I was at the church, Brother Burke, and I was praying. I said, "Lord, bless my mom financially." And while the word was yet in my mouth, the Lord said, "I'm going to send money to her." She got a check coming next week. So I texted my mom. I said, "Mom, there's going to be some money, unexpected money, coming to your house, coming your way next week." I said, "Let me know when it does." And uh, that weekend, that was like on a Tuesday, Wednesday, that weekend my daughter, Courtney, went over to her house. They were gone somewhere and just happened to be a storm come through. And their sump pump had stopped working. And it flooded the basement. And they had a finished basement. On a long story short, uh, the next week, I was like, there's no way money's going to get to their house that fast. You know how the checks in the mail takes forever. We got this new thing called direct deposit, I guess. And... Anyway, my mom was all excited because they had signed a rider last time, and they got three times of what they should have normally got for that. And they said, since you were proactive instead of reactive and cleaned up the house, we're going to pay you for cleaning up your own mess. And so anyway, next time I saw mom, she came rolling in on new tires on her car, which she desperately needed, so on and so forth. But what are you saying? I'm saying that wouldn't have happened 
had the storm not come through. And the storms aren't to destroy you. Amen. They're to deliver you and to show you that God can provide for you in the midst of the storm. You remember in the Old Testament, amen, one people said, uh, let's, let, let's, let's, let's fight them down here in the valley because their God is the God of the mountains only and He can't do anything in the valley. God said, okay, we're going down to the valley because I'm going to show them I'm the God of the mountains. I'm the God of the valley. I'm the God of the heavens. I'm the God of the earth. I'm the God in the good times. I'm the God in the bad times. I'm the God when you're up. I'm the God when you're down. I'm just God. Hallelujah. And He can do it if you believe. Amen. I'm talking about prophesying your destiny, learning to speak those things. Which right, Paul told Timothy, he said, Neglect not the gift that is in thee. How did he get the gift? Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy. With the laying on of the hands of presbytery, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. Amen. That thy profiting may appear. Oh, he said, he said, Stir up the gift that was in you by gift which was given you by prophecy. I know you can get it by prophecy. That's how most people get the Holy Ghost. People prophesy preaching, and they receive to get the Holy Ghost. But he said you got to stir it up. So we can receive things from God through prophecy. Through prophecy, we've got to learn to prophesy our destiny. Amen. Amen. The Bible said that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Now, we always say this verse. They overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Now, let's go a little further. The word of the testimony, if the testimony of Jesus Christ, according to Revelation, is the spirit of prophecy, then we could interpret that that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the spirit of prophecy or by the words which they speak. Because with your words you'll be justified and with your words you'll be condemned. Amen. So my question is, what are you saying? Are you agreeing with yourself and your circumstances or are you agreeing with the Word of God? We've got to learn to speak that thing which is right. God talked to the three friends of Job, and he told them. He said, go offer seven rams, seven bullocks, whatever. Offer your sacrifices, and have Job pray for you, because him I will accept, because he has spoken that thing which is right of me. I will not accept you, because you haven't spoken that thing which is right of me, like my servant Job. You see, if you want to have your prayers answered, you've got to learn to speak that thing which is right. Even your friends and your loved ones, the only way to get their answers is by being like Job and speaking that thing which is right. You've got to speak those things which are right if you want God to answer your prayers for your friends, for your loved ones. Amen. Hallelujah. Church, we have the power to prophesy our destiny. We have the power... To speak our own worlds into existence. Let's raise our hands and praise Him for a moment. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. His Word is truth. His Word is truth. And we've got to believe His Word. His Word is truth. 
I won't take much time. I know I rambled on a little too much. Is there anybody here that wants a healing? You're in pain right now. Raise your hand. Sister Darlene? Anybody else? A sister right here? Okay, let's start. We'll start over here and work over We need prayer for a brother. Can you say? Are you in pain like right now? No? Okay. We'll come back to you in just a second, all right? I want somebody that's hurting right now. I don't care if you got a headache, a toe ache, a whatever, migraine, whatever it is. Anybody in pain right now wants a miracle? Sister Darlene, stand up. If, if you're not embarrassed, if you're not too personal, where, where would you like, where, where are you hurting at? Kidneys. And you can feel it right now, right? You can feel pain. Okay, does anybody believe that God can heal her? Talking about believing His Word. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and we shall see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Sister Darlene, if you believe God right now, I command those kidneys to be healed. I command the very trace of pain to leave her right now in Jesus' name. We're not even worthy. Come under our roof, but speak the word only. In Jesus' name, be healed right now. Now listen. It's so easy for him. It's so easy for him. You don't have to feel anything. In fact, I don't want you to feel anything. Sister Darlene, check and see if you can tell any difference at all. Is it still there? It's leaving? Okay, just believe it will go. I see this all the time. If you believe God, why would he start something he's not going to finish? Sister, what do you need prayer for? Just stand up, praise the Lord. Okay, good. Anybody else hurting? Anybody got a headache? Anybody got a toe ache? Anybody got cancer? It doesn't matter. I got reports all over my phone of people that were healed of cancer. It's so easy for him. It's so easy. You don't have to feel anything. Brother, stand up. In the name of Jesus Christ, be thou made ever with whole. I command the nerve problem to be healed. Be delivered in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's so easy for him. Now listen. Get a little bit of my pastor in me on this one. Don't come to me after church. I was in Bolivar, Tennessee last week. You called me two weeks ago. A dear sister, pastor's mom, actually, sweet woman, came up to me, told me that her husband was in horrible pain with neuropathy. Horrible pain. But she said he won't, he's, he's not shy, but he's shy about some things. And she said for some reason he don't like to get prayed for. And it was last night and service was already over, so I thought, well, I'll catch the guy and pray for him. Just so I didn't want to embarrass him, so I went back there, caught him one on one. I prayed for him. He turned around, took four steps, started to push the door open. He goes, "The pain is gone, totally." That's what he said to me. So this guy who didn't want to pray for, when he's getting ready to leave, you know, getting to the important part, getting ready to go eat something, he come right up to me, had a big smile on his face. He goes, "I want you to pray for me again." 
I just think you like to get prayed for. Hey, it works. It works. Anybody else want prayer? I'm, we're not going to belabor the point. It's up to you. Young man, what you need? His pain come back in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody else? If not, let's just sister reading prayer for her. <laughs> okay. Is it hurting? Can you feel it all standing up right now? Not right now. Okay. Let's just believe her for her right now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we curse this neuropathy. Don't let it come back on her again. When she steps out of that pew, Lord, let it leave her feet and be gone completely and forever. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Anybody else want prayer? Hallelujah. Prayer just said. Amen. Praise God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we command His very close veins to be healed. According to our faith, Lord, let it be so. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's so easy for him, church. It's so easy for him. It's so easy for him. Anybody else? Anybody else? Real quickly. If not, let's all stand. Hallelujah. If not, let's all stand. <laughs> when I was just in Tennessee two weeks ago, I told you, we prayed for people. Here, about seven, eight people got instantly healed. Them. We got to this side of the church. All of a sudden, nobody wanted prayer. I was like, this is like John G. Lake's healing homes in Spokane, Washington, healthiest city. But you know, sometimes we do things just out of ritual, our habit. So these people started seeing people get healed, and they kind of scared them a little bit. And I understand if you, you know, if you got money coming in and you don't want, you know, that's up to you between you and God. But I'm telling you, He's a healer, and we're going to see things we've never seen in our life. I'm not going to go too far into it. God is so good. God is so good. Why don't we just come down here and, and praise the Lord? If you need something from God, pray with somebody. We're going to worship for a few minutes. If you need the Holy Ghost, it's so easy to receive the Holy Ghost. You've got to repent of your sins. Ask Jesus to forgive you. And then believe that He's cleansed you with His blood. And then just start praising Him. The easiest way to get the Holy Ghost, to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, is just start praising Him. I tell somebody to just start saying hallelujah until the Holy Ghost starts speaking through you. Amen. Whatever you need, why don't you just believe it? Why don't you practice what I preach tonight? Take a problem that you've been struggling with. Take something that you've been wrestling with. I don't care if it's your son or grandson that's hooked on drugs. I want you to start prophesying right now. I want you to start speaking that thing that is right. Amen. God, I will be blessed. I will be blessed. And don't ever talk again negative about it. Don't ever talk negative again. Start speaking your destiny. Start prophesying your destiny right now. I will be healed. I am healed. Hallelujah, my family will be saved. I will be blessed financially. Hallelujah, I will be blessed and not cursed. For I am a child of the King. Hallelujah, that's it. Come on, church. Speak that thing which is right. Speak that thing which is right. Decree a thing. Prophesy your promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I can do anything.